This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, this is Lou Roberts. This is Tyrese Campbell. And you're listening to the Every Step Along The Way podcast. Well, hello everyone. Uh, Welcome back to Every Step Along The Way podcast. Uh, We're back again for a new season. This is season three for us, I think. Uh, We've kept you busy all summer. Dan, you've been an absolute legend this week. So uh, really well done. You put so much effort into it. But most importantly, the real thing is obviously going to be kicking off in a matter of hours. Um, And we thought, you know, what better way to really kick off our first, say, official podcast of uh, of the season that inviting through a couple of guests um, alongside Mr. Daniel Buxton. Um, but uh, first in, a name, a name that we all love and a voice that we all admire is <laughs> Mr. Ben Rowley. Now, that's a great that's a great intro, Ben. You've got to give me that, yeah? Oh, I thought you were talking about somebody else. Like, what? <laughs> why am I so special? What have I done? I just normally talk for way too long, right? No, absolutely not. You're an absolute credit to the podcast, mate, whenever you join us. Oh, bless you. Um, but yes, how's your week been? You been okay? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm working and my first up game won't be till September. Um, as a, I, I think I said it before recording, this has been my 10th day of working in a row. Then I'm going on holiday to a couple of places. Um, so it, it's actually nice to come on here and talk about a game that I probably won't even be able to get signal for. Um, so this would be as close as I get to the Rotherham game, I think. So you're going to have to wait for the 5-0 uh, official scoreline to come through till later on in the afternoon. But don't worry about it, mate. It's fine. Uh, no, we're going to be gutted when we lose, for. aren't we? <laughs> oh, bl- let's not go there. Let- let's at least remain positive for at least one podcast. That would be absolutely brilliant. Um yeah, so brilliant, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks for joining us. But like I said, uh, Mr. Consistent is obviously Mr. Daniel Buxton. Uh, like I said earlier on, Dan, with your intro, you've been busy all week. We've released five podcasts, I think, now this week. Um, and uh, hopefully people aren't too bored of your voice by now. Yeah, luckily it wasn't really much of mine. It was just various other people's talking. I just sandwiched it all together and shoved it out. Uh, mainly, thankfully, people say. <laughs> but yes, we're nearly, we're nearly there, aren't we? Not many hours to go now. No, and it, it, you know what though, it doesn't feel like we've had much of a, I mean, not much of a break, but it, it doesn't feel like it's been a really slow, close season. We, we, we've all been there. We know what it's like when 
you think, oh God, you know, a couple of months off, what the hell we're going to do with the weekends? And don't, I'm not going to lie, that it was like that for a while. But um, I don't know about you, Ben, but I think this summer's flown. Whether it's the positivity and all the signings, I'm not quite sure. I think it's because we knew what was coming and that everything was going to change. <laughs> like, you look at the end of last season, you had so many players leave. Um, you've had other sort of media sort of names leave and uh, other new people coming in and analysing those. Like, even even when we weren't signing players, like, head of recruitment was coming in and new coaches were coming in and there, there was those rumblings about other things happening. It, it, it's been, well, Stoke have worked non-stop, as they said in, as, as you record, they were, they were talking about that tonight, how, you know, Alex Neal's not had a break this summer. Um, it's been the busiest summer he's ever had. Um, and we seem to have got to know all about it. It felt like in the previous couple of years, you know, we didn't really get any leaks for transfers. And this this year, how many have we had? M- must have been linked to about three, four dozen players. Yeah, it's 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 felt pretty nuts on it. Um, and I, I think one thing that I wasn't going to bring up, but I think you were touching on about, you know, the, the changes at the at the club. And, uh, you know, we've mentioned it a few times, but I, I want to get your perspective. So the whole, like, you know, meeting in, in the pub, you know, what, what he's on about there, the off-the-pitch stuff, you know, people have been 20-plus years, season tickets gained, special invites, um, you know, meet the, the manager-owner, etc., meeting the new players. You can't fault... Us off the pitch this summer, can you? I don't think we could have done any more if we tried personally. I don't think so. Um, particularly when any more might have felt a little bit inauthentic. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think they've done really well. Um, for for you know the quick wins and the stuff they can do, like I say meeting in the pub and um, seeing fans at various events and getting people involved, showing that they care. Um, like I say, if they'd have done too much more, people would have questioned what was going on. But I think they they've successfully managed to, you know, do what I think some people would have been very skeptical of: drive interest throughout the summer to ultimately sell season tickets. And it sounds like they've managed it. it. Sounds like they sold more than last year, which you'd have asked us in <laughs> asked us in May. You wouldn't have had a cat and house chance. You've had a, an empty stadium. So. You've got to give credit to Stoke. They 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 clearly had a plan. They clearly knew what they were going to do from the start, and then they've nailed it. Yeah, exactly that. And that's a nice little segue into, uh, of course, the, the one thing I wanted to talk about to kick us off, because obviously there's no prior game to review. So uh, we can actually fill it with some really interesting bits. And, and like you alluded to, we had the, uh, as I said, I don't know what you call it, fans forum. I think they called it at times. Um, either way, you know, we obviously had the chance to meet, you know, Ricky, John, and Alex. Um, again, they've they'll do a couple of them a season now, which is again great. Um, did you get actually chance to listen to much of that tonight, Ben? I think you said you may have, have watched a little bit online because of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was able to watch the stream. Um, uh, I I normally like to be at these things, um, but yeah, on this occasion, it was you know nice to be able to watch it remotely. Um, <laughs> I think the main thing I got from it is they sound shattered. <laughs> they genuinely sound yeah. very, very tired. Um, I, I, but they sound positive at the same time. Um, I mean, rightfully so. I mean, they, if they didn't sound positive, we'd be very worried, I think. Um, what I think impressed me the most was uh, they seem to 
have planned everything quite meticulously, even down to the transfers, like and the order that the players have come in. So they were talking about, you know, they wanted to bring in the free agents, the experienced players, the less exciting signings first, so that when we do bring in players they're a bit more exotic, Wesley, Vidigal, Chiquinho, uh, my, you know, they're, they're coming into, you know, they're not coming into an empty dressing room, they're coming into, you know, a, a squad that's nearly there. Um, and they and they also said at the forum, like, now they, they have a squad put together, you know, we have a 22-man squad plus youth players, it's now about, you know, maybe one in, one out, I think, um, yeah, who who stays and who goes? I don't know, but it's they've got more work to do. It'll just be interesting to see who gets swapped out, I suppose, because it'll just be about adding to the quality that we've got now. This isn't a numbers game anymore. Yeah, it was quite funny actually. Even Alex Neal didn't know how to pronounce Mai's name or me as they called him during it. And I'm like, <laughs> is it really me? I mean, everyone's like, no, it's not me. It's my like. A, a, yeah, the fact that he didn't know, and he was, yeah, he kind of looked for looked to Ricky for reassurance as well. So I still think he's not quite confident. Um, I think whoever wants to say me or my, just go for it. Don't worry about correcting people anymore. Um, if we ever see the guy speak, then maybe we'll hear ourselves. But uh, yeah, no, no, you, you're spot on. I think it's, I think the few things that I took away from this. I mean, like you said and alluded to that. Like, they are very happy with the deals done to date. You know, they're comfortable knowing they've got the bodies in the door to give us a, a competitive team going into Rotherham. Um, and yeah, like you say, you know, they're going to focus on some big ticket items. Um, it's quite comforting as well to to know we've probably got a bit of a war chest. I mean, we'll come to a couple of transfer rumours that have you know materialised tonight um, in a bit. But, you know, there's rumours about three and a half million for one player, you know, a million or two for another. So we've still got plenty of money to spend. But um, I guess what players from the ones we have got in the door, Ben, have you been most impressed with or your most encouraged to see this weekend well not necessarily yourself but you know who are you looking forward to most seeing i guess um who i haven't watched an awful lot of preseason um i must admit but from what i have seen um ben pearson helps doesn't he <laughs> he really does oh, help. hugely um you know and i'm so glad we've been able to get him back on a permanent um same for Hoover on loan again, you know, uh, Hoover, Henry, whatever people want to call him. Um, it, really impressive signing. I, I, if I cast my mind back to when we did the wrap up pod for last season, I, I did. So I think I said, don't, don't just assume we can't get Henry back. You know, I, I think there's a deal to be done there, particularly if Wolves don't want him and they've got players to sell because they're running out of money. Um, and they I did, remember you they? saying that. Exactly, and 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 here he is. Um, admittedly, I think they're probably the two players I really wanted back um, from the loan guys. Um, obviously, it's going to be really exciting to see what all of the uh, exotic lads are going to come in and do. Vidigal, Chiquinho, uh, my even Wesley, like you know, someone who costs twenty-two million quid, um, and someone who's six foot three, built like a <laughs> brick wall. Um, It'd be interesting to see if he can also score goals as well. 
Uh, Travers looks mm. really. We I I can't really look at a signing other than possibly Ender Stevens and not be quite excited about it. But Stevens looks like he's you know going to be a backup for Timon and it almost come out of necessity and and he may bring something that we don't have already. It, it's just been really good business. You look at last year and we signed people like Aidan Flint and you think, why the <laughs> hell have we bothered with that? You know, it's just a squad filler. Everybody, every transfer seems to have been, you know, well thought out. And, you know, if it's been a loan, it's been sensible. It's, if it's been for a transfer fee, it's been sensible. We picked the best free agents we could. Um, I kind of trust us again <laughs> a little bit. It- it's, it's, it's painful. You almost, because you know you've been let down for year after year. I mean, don't worry, we haven't had great winners all the time, but, you know, when, when we got relegated, you saw the players and thought, oh, bloody hell, we're spending all this money. They, they must be good. And then, obviously, after that, we've not been able to do that even remotely close. But then you, you get your hopes up. You think, this year it'll be different. This year it'll be different. And it hasn't been for the last six years. So this is probably the first window for me since we got relegated where I'm actually thinking... We've made some bloody good signings. And like you just reeled off, like Ender Stevens, I know you're saying he's not the most glamorous of players to sign, but, you know, we need a backup to Josh Diamond. We need someone who's maybe a bit rough and ready um, and is an upgrade on Morgan Fox. As good as Fox did last year, he's an upgrade. So, like, I think any sensible opposition fan, and you've seen it on Twitter, any opposition fan at the minute is looking at Stoke, Birmingham and Coventry and going, those three clubs have probably done the best business all summer and you could probably throw Cardiff into that I guess as well but it's nice for other clubs to be envious and all of a sudden um, noticing us again uh, I guess now yeah sure um, uh, the, the only thing I'll caveat all of this with is if we signed 11 players now we're probably going to be 11. signing another 3 or 4 um, I watched a video either this week or last week uh uh, I think it was TIFO football and they were explaining how for one reason or another 50% of transfers just don't work out whether it be through injury whether it be through the manager not liking the player they've signed whether it be just homesickness anything there's loads of reasons um, even though each each one of those individual reasons has a small chance per individual transfer you add those up and in the end half of transfers don't work out so if we assign 14 players 16 players seven or eight of those possibly unless our recruitment really has been stellar this year ain't gonna work out you know you look at the four lads we've signed up front two of those possibly may not work out um so as exciting as it is you know we may look back on this season and go bloody hell i can't believe we spent three million quid on my like what what were we doing (laughs) who scouted him or we might look back and go oh he 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 was the illaman and die of last season you know he'll be going for loads next year um that's the caveat i'll bring it is exciting (laughs) but (laughs) yeah we've been it before I was I was gonna say you you gave me really depressed part way through that and then you you nicely finished it off in a positive manner so thank you uh, for, for doing so um, <laughs> and I think one of the other kind of takeaways I, I don't want to spend forever on this but one of the kind of the other key moments um, John Coates and Alex Neal were were very clear about you know when we were talking about off the pitch that they needed a big clear out over the summer and and Alex jokes you know they couldn't have really cut any deeper if they tried uh, and I think we we all can see that. 
Um, and also they mentioned that the fans need to forget last season. He, he could, again, he was very clear and very, I think, passionate when he said it. He's like, right, forget what happened last season. Let's move on and let's back the players for this season. He said, whatever happened last season is completely irrelevant. Now, Ben, we, we've talked club changes enough on this pod, and I'm not going to do it again. Um, but I think one of the things he may have, I don't, don't think I'm putting words in his mouth with, with this word, but I think he said the club stunk of apathy. Um, would you kind of say that, we've talked about positivity so far over the summer, but I think it's clearly changed. The the, the changes that they've made off the pitch, you know, we've got 15,000 season ticket holders um, confirmed tonight as well. You've got, it's strange. People are feeling confident again, aren't they? Like they they have completely transformed it. Because think back to last season, and I think you you said to me, um, I can't remember if we were recording or not, but you know you you were saying to me about you know the amount of season tickets we've sold, and it's it's crazy to think we've sold more after what was a shocking season last year. Yeah, and I think I've always believed that it that. That that the club pushes the the vibe, the feeling, the the mood on onto the fans. It's not necessarily the other way around. Um, don't be wrong. Yeah, of course. Like if 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 the fans boo a player on the pitch, that's not going to help. But if a club is feeling positive, it's it's very unlikely that you know fans are going to be able to override that. Um, so this this apathy that we've been feeling for four or five years, or maybe it's not even apathy. Maybe we we as fans have turned into apathy. But I think, you know, the the words that Neil used were like, "There's been a cloud hanging over the 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 club," pretty much to be honest. Of, oh, look what's happened. You know, we 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 had that transfer window in, in 2018, and it absolutely flattened us. And there's nothing we can do. Our hands are tied. We can't make any transfers. Excuses after excuse. You know, we, we can't wait till FFB gets lifted. We we can only make free signings. You know, COVID cost us. We can't sign foreign players, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. When Neil came in, he said, "I don't want any excuses." Um, even he started to give some in the first couple of months um, with yeah. fitness and you know <laughs> not being. A, able to sign the players he wants um with ffp with you know the wild card system for you know foreign players now um with the clear out that they've had as we've said on and off the pitch what excuse is there and who is left in the building realistically that knew what it was like in that first summer back down in the championship nobody there's nobody left maybe Tyrese Campbell, but <laughs> I mean, that that's literally it. Um, so th- they they needed a reset for two reasons. One, yeah, to clear out the 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 cloud over, because once those people left, that's, I think, you know, that, that brings in new people, it brings in new enthusiasm, um, optimism, and, and just, you know, it's like moving to a new job, isn't it? You you do feel optimistic no matter where you move to. Yeah, it might take you a couple of years to figure out that it's rubbish, but um, that's what's happening with these players. And I think the second reason why the clear-out was good, and I don't think they, they really want to say this publicly, Stoke seemed to have hired a lot of local people who have been at the club for a long time and been friends with certain people. And... We just grew a bit stale 
I don't think I'm going to make any friends for saying that necessarily, but the club just got old hat. We did the same things the same way for a very long time, and we got left behind by other clubs who modernised. Um, and you, you know, some people, if you look at the on and off the pitch, some of the players who, uh, some of the players, some of the some of the members of staff who've left, will have been at this club for five, ten, m- more years. It's it's a big change for Stoke. It's, it's a genuinely a new Stoke. Um, and it's about time they modernised. Yeah, one thing actually modernised, just completely, again, completely changing the subject here, um, season ticket cards. I mean, I, I actually did receive mine in the end today, having, uh, it must have been a very late late post. Uh, I think people were saying that they were, they were late out because we'd sold so many, and I guess that kind of makes sense. Um, it still surprises me, Ben, and if, I don't, obviously we're both on supporters council, and I don't remember the answer to this, but why aren't we going digital with things like season tickets? We could already buy match day tickets and download them offline. It 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 baffles me because I had a real fear that I wasn't going to get my season ticket today, so I'd have had to go and queue you know queue up on Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon before the game, along with hundreds of other people. Why why have we not gone digital on season cards? Um, in all honesty, I don't know. Um. But... In a, in a sense that from I assume it is for uh, a technical perspective because <laughs> you know it, it'll cost the club to buy these plastic cards and send them out um, you know people lose them they'll have to replace them I know that people normally have to pay for that sort of thing um, that that will be costing the club I'm sure they don't want it um, I'm sure they're worried about technical feasibility whether it be you know actually getting it to to, to work consistently and reliably and, and people getting their tickets loaded on, whether it be, you know, uh, you know, sl- uh, the more senior fans getting used to this sort of thing, or they could probably provide plastic season cards for, for those who want them. Um, it could be all sorts of things, couldn't it? I think they've looked at other clubs and seen that it's not necessarily worked elsewhere either, um, but they must have seen other clubs and it, and it has worked. Um, I know that they've they've gone all in, haven't they, on you know bringing in a new uh, retail and ticketing uh, director and department. Essentially, they've cleared all that department out too. Um, and it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me to see certainly by next season some sort of shift in that. You know, it might not be for everyone. Um, you know, they they might just make it a bit more gradual. But maybe they're waiting for a new app, a new website, a new ticketing provider. These things don't just necessarily happen overnight. From working in product development, I I know these these things can take a couple of years from when you first decide to do them, um, or or do them properly anyway, as <laughs> Stoke like to do. We know that with the fan zone, you know they've they, they've always said they don't want to just you know drop out a couple of food vans and a and a person with a guitar. They want to do something fully fledged, and they they probably want to do the same for the tickets. Um, yeah, it's going to be a few hundred thousand, isn't it, for the um, the fan zone, and and they want to have like permanent structures and everything. I think they were talking about, weren't they? Um, yeah, like it's 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 a lot of. I mean, I think he also said it's a money loser. Like they typically don't make money off them. I just think it'd be nice again to have something else to uh, to go to personally. Um, and I, I mean, again, I'm going to actually digest the Simon King uh, interview 
probably a little bit more uh, later, to be honest. I think one thing we've we've said they need to work on, and that's the food, and he addressed that. I remember him addressing that in the uh, in the sit-down. Um, that looks like the, a couple of years by the looks of it, which is worrying. Um, but again, however, strain, however you can now buy oat cakes. <laughs> You'll be able to buy oat cakes on Saturday. And how long have we been calling for that? I swear we could buy oat cakes though at some point last season. I swear oh, we, that we, is we break, could have that them. That is a breaking news kind of noise that does. <laughs> I know it does. <laughs> Whoever's editing this, can you drop in a, a siren or two or something? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll drop one in. It's always, it's always me who edits, mate. I'm not joking. Uh, but yeah, we 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 we, uh, it's, we we split it absolutely. But uh, yeah, we'll drop a, a little a little noise in there, mate. Um, but yeah, I swear we could have season uh, season tickets. I'm not going to eat eat a season ticket. Um, I swear we were having oat cakes the other year, but it's better than them crappy pies they have, to be honest. But um, anyway, uh, moving kind of swiftly on just to finish out the, uh, the, the event before now. Before you do, I think you, were just, oh? I think you were just remembering those nice um, supporters council meetings year two. And the oh, I think you are as well. Right. I think you're trying I to t- rub it in, Mike. I tell you what, we were very lucky with them, weren't we, Ben? Like They were... I've never seen oat cakes with dressing and stuff on. That's and we're talking loads of like really thick sausage when they used to they didn't do sausage the last couple of meetings. Uh, but like the 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 the, the bacon uh, you can self thought about this, can't you? Uh, so the the, the bacon is, is beautiful it's just great all around and there's always some left over and i told nadine she's like um yeah can you get a get a box and bring some back i'm like no you think what one idiot had luke bringing back bloody oat cakes i'm not cheap um so that was quite amusing uh but uh anyway now with you. <laughs> no, that's yeah. true yeah have um, a doggy bag please yeah, I just walk out with the plastic tray. Uh, but anyway, let's move swiftly on, shall we? Jesus, this podcast has taken a dive over the summer. Um, now, again, just to finish up, uh, Dan, you had some uh, questions read out tonight, didn't you? Weirdly, because I didn't submit any. <laughs> ah, but you did, though, didn't you? <laughs> um, so if you want a reminder of exactly what those actually were, uh, luckily somebody was actually recording tonight. Next one's for you as well. This is from, from Daniel Buxton. Stoke fans always have high expectations, which isn't a bad thing. Is it realistic to expect a good season following so many changes in the summer? I hope so. That's the You know, we're, we're not, we're not getting ourselves any sort of cushion and the fact that, oh, listen, we've got a lot of bodies and it will take time to integrate everybody and that everybody's going to hit the ground running, that's, that's a certain before we even start. However, what we're hoping is we've signed a lot of players for just now, if that makes sense. So these guys, most of them that we've brought into this point, I think, because obviously we've still got a month in the window to go, but they're for just now, they're to get results just now, they're not to get results next year or the year after, you know, so we're very conscious that we need to make a mark on this season. But also we need to look after the long-term sort of health in the team and the club. So the next next question for you, John. This is from Daniel. Uh, there have been major changes in the first team and academy backroom staff this summer, probably far deeper than anyone expected. What has driven that? And whilst, of course, we hope Alex is manager for years to come, if it didn't pan out, does this mean yet another clear-out behind the scenes will be needed? Or are we setting up a structure to cope regardless of who is manager? Well, I think for taking the question in order, so uh, in terms of 
the, the changes. I think you've probably seen changes both uh, on the football side, but uh, also commercial side as well. And people leave businesses for a variety of reasons, but you know when that happens, I think that's given us an opportunity to have a, a significant reset and uh, that may be needed as a club. Um, and it's actually something I think we, you know, to be excited about because we've worked very hard in all those areas to bring um, people in who we believe will be in the club for the long term. And, uh, and uh, we, you know, we're excited about that. I think both on the commercial side and on the football side, I genuinely feel there's a really good feeling about the place. You know, I, you sense that. You sense that. You, you're walking around, and, and people are there's a buzz about the place, and maybe a buzz that hasn't been there for a, for a little while. And so, um, I'm glad we've had a reset, and I'm really pleased with the people we brought in. Uh, I think they'll be great for the club, and I think they'll be with the club a long time. Uh, next question was about the, will there be another restructure? Was the question if, if that was to change? No, the, 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 clearly the people we brought in on the commercial side and under under Simon. Um, in terms of uh, on the football side, clearly Alex has got his direct team who who, who work for work for him. Uh, all the other all the other areas of what I call club appointments, and you know they they. I believe they'll be with the club for a long time and grow with us. So, Dan, were you um, happy with the answers that you got to your questions? Well, seeing as I didn't put any questions in, it's very interesting to get those read out, isn't it? And, uh, yes, I think <laughs> the the uh, admittance that they were submitted in my name because you were terrified that you might offend Mr John, but you are happy for him to think I put them. You know who your friends are, don't you? You know who your mates. Ben, do you want to start a podcast? <laughs> I've already got one, mate. Join the club. <laughs> um, no, I, I thought they were good answers to most. Uh, good questions for you. The joke's on you anyway, because uh, Radio Stoke have been in touch and they've said that this Daniel Buxton guy, they want to read the new uh, Nigel Johnson with cutting-edge questions post-match. So, well, uh, if, if, yeah. you can, if you can... Um pronounce words and pronounce names to the wrong players um may, maybe you'll make it you never know uh, if, if, you've, I, if you've listened to the last three days and me going through them transfers you will know i could do that job yeah and in fairness to nige he's probably glad he's retired because some of these names now he's got no hope um so uh <laughs> yeah we love you really nice don't, don't don't hate us too much um anyway we've Done that to death. Uh, nothing else to, to really talk about from tonight. Um, let's kind of very quickly move on. And we won't go into a massive detail here because we've done transfers all blinking summer. Uh, but, Dan, there's been a number of transfer rumours, some of them uh, literally tonight. Uh, do you want us to have a bit of a run through? Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up 
about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. So there is uh, quite a few links. Obviously, this time of year, the naturally is that the closer you get to the big kickoff, no matter how many players you sign, you can get linked with even more. Um, so run through. So um, junior, and I'm going to pass this over. To, is it Chamadeo? Is that close Chimadeo. enough? There? Yes, I think. Oh, yes. So yes, junior Chamadeo from Colchester. Um, he's been back in their side. Obviously, he submitted a transfer request and he didn't get involved in their next friendly. Um, whether he refused to play or not, we don't know. But he is back in their side, and that's uh, we don't know how that's progressing. Um, Rumours were that it was up to medical stage, but it's gone very quiet, so we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, Josh Onomar, he's been on trial. Um, obviously, again, he's now linked to Sheffield Wednesday, so he's probably got more guaranteed game time there. It's what he wants at this stage of his career. Uh, McManus is a new one, winger uh, from the Irish League. Uh, I believe he's supposed to be signing and coming later on in the year towards Christmas. Um, there's been uh, obviously Erin Bayram at Galatasaray. Now there's some something on developments on him, Ben. Isn't there? What were you uh, you were telling us before we recorded? So I I don't know if this is 100 percent true, but I believe that the Turkish League or Turkish FA have changed their requirements for. Um, what's required of their domestic players, same as what we've got in this country. You know, you have to have a certain amount of English or British or, you know, homegrown talent in your team. I think the way that the Turks have um, changed theirs means that they may be more inclined to keep Bayram now. I assume that's why we're looking at other targets. Um, I, I suppose they may still sell if we give them a big enough fee that they can reinvest in a different homegrown player. I don't know. Um but I, do you I think, think that's what's happened. I'm sorry to jump in, Ben. Do you think that we'd really go after Bayram now? Because that's going to be a big ticket sign. And we've got Rose, we've got Wilmot, we've got obviously McNally that, that that's coming in. Um, but we've we seem to have too much quality now in the centre back positions to then relegate another person to the bench. It just feels that like we'd have too much quality. I know it sounds stupid, but I hope you kind of get what I mean. Like wouldn't yeah. we now go for maybe a, a younger player to to build up rather than trying to get four absolute people you know nailed on first teamers who are going to expect to be on the team every week i'll um i'll point us back to tonight's forum i suppose um they said at the start of the summer they were trying to get all the experienced players in um up until now, they've been building transfers for the here and now, you know, trying to get players in for this season to do well this season. And then anything after this point, by the sounds of it, is for the future. Players like Shamadeo, and I imagine players like Bayram too. Um, if he comes in on a loan with, you know, maybe a guaranteed or an option of a future fee, um, you know, sounds to me like Bayram at 20, you know, may become the McNally um, for next season. Or maybe if we have to sell Ben Wilmot, you know, the replacement for Wilmot. Um, I imagine that that's the intention for somebody like him. And it would explain perhaps that if we are still after him, why we're waiting this long. Because Stoke do seem to be waiting up until, you know, the latter stages of the window to be recruiting for the future. Hence why we're seeing a lot of younger names now, 1920, as opposed to, you know, the, the mid-20s or, or even the late-20s that we have been signing so far. Yeah, no, I, I I get that. No, I think it'd just be interesting to see what happens with 
with Bayram, but uh, yeah, he's not the only one who's been linked. Is it? Is he Dan? Uh, no, like I say, the links are going thick and fast. I mean, uh, I'll pass over to you for the ones for today, Mike. The ones uh, since uh, it says outdated my list, <laughs> um, because like I say, as as we're sort of coming into record, there's like three or four links tonight, and they're ins and outs. Um, one thing I did yeah. is because apparently Daniel Everson, um, it's come to light that we actually put a loan offer in for him at the start of the summer, and Leicester rejected it. So before we went in for Sarkic, before we went in for Travers, um, we were after Daniel Everson. I knew we were. I, I, I said that as soon as as soon as we you know, we got to the end of the season, I said it would have been going straight back in for their number one target from. You know, from from previous, uh, I knew he would have been doing that. I wonder why they rejected it. Do you think he's just going to be the the number one effectively this season for them? Do you think that's what it's going to be about? I think they want to sell him because they've got I think it's five goalkeepers at Leicester. They just they brought one of them in this summer, a Danish one. So for me, I just I think they want to sell him rather than loan him. Hmm. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Um, and you mentioned a couple from tonight. I mean, again, I'm not even going to claim to know all of these players, if I'm honest with you. Um, but Berger, I think, is again another midfielder. I think he was, was it, is it fine all he's playing for? I can't remember now, but I think it was 600,000 or something that they'd uh, paid for. Basel Ball, Basel, whatever you want to say, in Switzerland. Uh, yeah, so he did. Basically, yeah, paid six hundred thousand for him. He's been rumored that we put in an official bid for him. Intrigued to see how much that would be. Um, but again, I don't know an awful lot about him. But we're still clearly after midfielders. Um, and then again, Palmer as uh, another one. It seems to be another winger. Although, again, I think he's another one of those players looking at his stats where he could be a a, a Mai if if you want to pronounce it like that. And he, I think, he, again, he's going to be one that we can switch and change up front. Now, the thing with something like that, and I don't want to skip too far ahead, but if you put some you know, simple maths together, all of a sudden, we're very overcrowded in um, the wings spots slash inverted striker. Um, and that's going to mean that we're going to have a lot of players who may potentially be looking at an exit. Uh, and one of them players, Dan, is obviously um, is Jacob Brown. I mean, Ben, when it comes down to, to Jacob, I mean, would you be sorry to see Jacob Brown leave? Yeah and no at the same time. I, I It's a weird one with Brown because I think, you know, it, it sounds like from his development that he's a player that came in to the game quite late. You know, he's quite a late bloom into football, so he's not had the... Uh, you know the training as a as a younger professional may have had, and that may that that may explain why his technique possibly isn't up there with you know other strikers either at the club already or in this league for his age. We know what he brings though. He brings a you know a really good mentality, uh, a good work rate. Um, he is physical. He is quick, um, but his his technique does let him down, and let's be real, he didn't do all that well for Alex Neal last season. Um, I, I think he struggled where to put him um, sometimes. But having said that, you know, um, Neil seems to like him. I, I, I can't imagine that we'd let any of our players go, to be honest, for, you know, a low fee, you know, anyone that we do sell. I imagine 
that would enable us to bring in quite a high quality replacement if required. Um, I imagine the only one who who wouldn't go for very much is Dwight Gale. Um, I I imagine the the club would quite <laughs> be quite happy to write off that one, unfortunately. Um, but then yeah. if you look at the forwards at the moment, you know, you, if we're saying what Wesley, Chiquinho, uh, Brown, Campbell, Vidigal, and Mai, you're looking at six there. You know, if we're playing with three up front, you possibly need one for each position. It's it's healthy competition for me. Like I say, if we do let one of them go, yeah, we're gonna have to bring another in. Um, and it and it might be that there's someone like Palmer is uh, you know a fallback option or an option that we do bring in if we do, you know, get a tempting offer in for either Brown or Campbell. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him both stay as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think you need some experience sometimes. And you know, we've we've talked attacking flair and attacking players. Um now obviously one player that we have signed uh today on loan, season long loan from Burnley, is obviously uh McNally. Now um we wanted him before Rose and ironically he's the guy that kicked Rose out of the, the squad at Coventry um, and could never get back in. And there, there was raving reports about him. Coventry wanted him back on loan again. Um, and he's chose Stoke over Coventry. Uh, I know that he had originally wanted to join Stoke over Coventry the first time uh, before even joining them in the first place. Um, we've got to seem a, a decent you know, relationship with Burnley, you know, for obvious reasons from, from the other season. Um, and, Again, McNally, another solid centre back by, by the looks of things. Ben, I mean, got to be relatively happy with this one. Again, it's it's extra experience cover in in this division, which is exactly what Alex Neal's been banging on about, and that's experience. Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine by the sounds of it, he's he's our new first choice over Rose. I imagine it'll be Wilmot and uh, Wilmot um, McNally. Of, uh, particularly if you're bringing in a player on loan you you wouldn't imagine that they're for squad depth would you um i i don't know it it's an interesting one because you know coventry had one of the best defenses in the league last season so why not just bring in all of their defenders (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) so yeah i think it's a good move um i I must admit i would like to see another centre-back brought in permanently particularly if connor taylor does leave um, well, he's having a medical entry today, so he'll be probably yeah. confirmed as leaving tomorrow morning. There you go. So I, I but then the, they said in the um, in the fans forum tonight they don't ex- expect any players to be leaving unless they didn't count Taylor as part of that part of the fold. He was given a squad number today. Um, interesting. Very I think, interesting. I think. I think what they were main that was more like we are we don't have to sell or. We are actively looking to offload. Yeah, yeah, that's but yeah. Every player will have a price, kind of thing. I think that's how it's going to work into in the future. Of course, it is. It's a typical transfer stance of a club of our nature and size now, isn't it? You know, every player does have a price tag, and you know they can't say yes. We're actively looking to sell because we've got no money. Like, because <laughs> that sound awful. Um, but I, I, I was yeah. saying earlier, and I was a bit. Uh, like obviously with these other links coming in, you know, someone said, "Oh, we've still got plenty of money left." And I was sort of commented, I think, I, I think it was to, to you and uh, in our sort of group chat, Mark, once it, you know, if we aren't sort of spending it all, you know, a bit similar to how Rowett did, where everything is all spent in one go, and 
well, you st- you stuck with these players now for the next two or three years. But then I sort of very quickly sort of thought, well, actually, this money's being spent. This might be a, a large chunk of, of two or three years' budget in one window with respect to, like, we can't go out and spend the same amount of money next year. But it's being spent in a very different way than how Rowe did it. Rowe did it on players who were uh, late 20s, 30, experienced, big wages. Uh, you know, we were never going to recoup the fees that we paid for a lot of them players due to their age and everything. Whereas these, a lot of these players who are coming in are young, they're unproven, so they're coming in, they're hungry. If, obviously, someone needs one to to do, like you said earlier, Ilian and Dai, to have a season like that, and you will pay for, you know, so you you buy, you you buy, you develop. They one of them, you know, if one of them becomes a superstar, you sell them on, you get the money back, and you reinvest it in more players, and they just repeat the cycle again and again, and then eventually you will get, hopefully, get to the Premier League. I think you don't have to worry about stuff like that. Yeah, you'd imagine one of. Uh, Bayram and not Bayram he's not signed does he uh, one of Wilmot Vidigal or my probably fits into that sort of category you know of players that you would imagine next year or the season after probably going to be worth about 10 million quid just just you know for, for how many we've signed one of them's got to work <laughs> and one of them we worth a decent chunk of money Ben Wilmot's probably heading that way anyway so yeah, I, yeah, I think he's starting to get mentioned outside of this club as well. And like, yes, you mentions of how good he's performed his way last year. And I think you know we're partially going down this transfer strategy of of sort of front loading this summer is because you know we do have the Harry Suter money, and you know it, the sales by the sounds of it, it doesn't work quite the same as you know buying players. You know, when you buy players, you obviously spread the cost of that player across the length of their contract. When you sell a player, you get all that money immediately, which is great on one side because you can spend that money immediately. Um, on the downside, of course, you know, you that, that, that benefit expires after three years. So you may as well do it and front load it because Stoke will hope that, as we were just saying there, that we'll be able to sell another player in a couple of years if we need to. And, you know, We'll we'll have a similar sort of budget again if we need to. Um, yeah, it, it's a. I think it's something we we had to do. And like I say, if we sell another player this window, it'll be for a good chunk, and we'll have a you know decent transfer budget to go and sign a couple more future stars. Yeah, it, it's certainly a, a new strategy and, and a very clear diversion from ones we've previously had, which, well, as we've seen in the last five years, have not been a very good one. Um, so I just want to close out really on on the whole transfers front and bits like that. But before I do, we've got a couple of bits of audio on McNally and Travers, actually, um, because uh, Dan's been mega sleuthing yet again, uh, as, as he did all last season. But before we just get on to that one, Ben, uh, one final person I wanted to ask you about was Travers. Um, we've been banging on about for ages. You know, we need a, a Jack Bonham replacement. We, um, you know, again, as, as we touched earlier, Iverson was another one we were looking at. Um, what was your initial gut feeling on Travers? He's, he's quite experienced at this level. Yeah, yes. Um, and he was a good shot stopper when he was in this league with Bournemouth. Um, didn't he have the highest save percentage or something with them? Um, it, it's a huge upgrade when you consider that our keepers last season had the lowest save percentage. Um, you know, 
we could have had the same defences last season. And it sounds like Travers would have conceded half the goals that Bonham and Bursic did between them. So it's it's something that was really required. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like we need a goalkeeper that necessarily plays out from the back or anything like that. But we just needed someone who would be able to stop balls from going in the back of the net, essentially as daft as it sounds. And I think we 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 managed to get a, as as good a goalkeeper as we possibly could. Um, Sarkic, somewhat of an unknown quantity. Everson, not obviously excellent, but maybe out of our reach. Travers. There's a reason why we ditched this Arkic deal, I think, and it's for this guy because he's 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 another step up, I think. Yeah, spot on. I know we were the rumours about dropping the wages and stuff, but I think as as you and Dan also previously alluded to, I think we probably intentionally found a reason to renegade on that on that deal. Um, and you know what? As I said at that very time, business is business. We need to you know sign the players that are right for us and good players, and if that means we have to pee a couple of clubs off okay so what um okay great well as i said uh let's move on to the audio now so we've got some audio on, on, on mcnally and travers um interesting audio as well some quite positive uh feedback uh, on them both so uh let's have a quick listen to those ones hi this is john from the cherries red army youtube channel mark travers is first and foremost a very very good shot stopper uh, not to say he doesn't have a mistake in him, uh, we've certainly seen that over the years, but he is still quite young for a goalkeeper. He's still uh, in his mid-twenties, so he's got probably over a decade left as um, a first-team goalkeeper. But, you know, he still has flaws to his game, uh, certainly one of which is his commanding of the box. He's really, for his height, he should be a much more imposing figure in the box. Um, but he just doesn't really have that command yet of his area. And I think it shows his inexperience. And I suppose for a modern keeper, he's not necessarily all that great on the ball. He's fine. He'll, he'll certainly do in the championship. Um, uh, and, and can still do a job for a team that passes around at the back. Just, um, you know, when he tries to make a mid-range pass, it'll often go out of play rather than going to the left back let's say but you know in terms of what you really need him for which is stopping the ball from going in the back of the net uh, he's brilliant at it you know he, he shot onto the scene obviously uh towards the end of Bournemouth's uh was it third ish Premier League season um when he played uh, versus Tottenham Hotspur and made probably about five really really good saves in in our first ever victory against Spurs um but then people you know completely forget that he played in the game after that which was a 5-3 loss away to Crystal Palace um, and he didn't shower himself with glory at all there showed his inexperience but he was 19 then and obviously he's what 24 I think now so he has certainly improved uh, in that regard in you know in, in many regards in terms of what he'll do for Stoke I, he'll do what I think I said I did he should be a fantastic shot stopper um, I think if you have a decent supportive or leader in uh in the centre back role, who should be able to um, help at times with his with guiding him through games, um, a little bit in sort of organisation, and hopefully maybe an experienced goalkeeper, hopefully to help give him some advice as well at times, then that should help improve his game. But first and foremost, the last time he was in the championship, he got the Golden Glove. Um, that was partly due to a decent defence in front of him as well. But he's good enough to do that. Um, and whilst I don't expect 
even if he plays well, you you will be given the opportunity to sign him full time, unlike Ben Pearson. Um, I, I should still expect him to have a, a really good season with you, um, and we hope that he comes back a better player as a result. Hi, my name's Glenn, and I run the Sky Blue Hub Twitter page. Um, I've been asking my thoughts on Stoke City's new loan signing, Luke McNally, who's joined you guys from Burnley. Um, I'm a bit surprised he joined Stoke, uh, and I mean that with all due respect. Um, I thought he may well go um, potentially to uh, um, a club higher up the league. Um, Obviously, there were talks of Millwall potentially in there for him. I thought Burnley may well even keep him. Um, Because there was a reluctance to do a deal with Carve. I know we'd allegedly been in for him, and there was talk of an offer for Gus Hamer of uh, this centre half we signed Thomas and McNally, plus I think it was about eight million for Hamer that kind of got rejected. I believe Burnley's stance was they wanted five million for McNally, which, as good as he was for us, I I don't think he's a five million pound centre half personally. Um, He's only got 22 games experience at Championship level. Um, he still hasn't I don't think he's played 100 games in England yet Um, so yeah he predominantly played as a right centre back in a back three for us I know at Oxford he played in a back four as a right sided centre back Uh, he's quite good in the air although there was a couple of games especially Wembley where he did kind of get a bit exposed to an aerial bombardment Overall, he did really, really, he did really well at Cov. He came in, actually, basically meant that Michael Rose didn't get a look in really in the team, and he uh, basically, I think we kept, we did lost two games in the spell that he was in the team. Ironically, one of them was four 0 against Stoke, where we had an absolute mare, um, and the other was the first game, he second game he played against West Brom. Besides that, we didn't lose a game. We kept quite a few clean sheets. Um, so yeah, he's good on the ball, gets stuck in, um, decent in the air. Probably should score more goals than he does, but yeah, I think he's um, he's a good signing for you guys. Um, I just I'm slightly disappointed he hasn't come to Carve, but I don't think we were ever going to pay five million. And I'm guessing there was a reluctance from our side to go down the avenue of another loan signing, um, and Bernie probably want him to go back to a. To a different club, and maybe there's a possibility you guys have paid a paid a loan fee to get him, which we weren't able to. But yeah, it'll be a good signing. He'll get a, a good reception when he comes back to the CBS uh, and when Cov travel to Stoke. So yeah, um, he'll be good. I would say maybe he'll need an experienced head alongside him. He benefited at Cov having Carl McFazdean alongside him, um, and did really well when he played. So yeah, um, but yeah, definitely a good signing. Um, be interesting to see how he fits in with Michael Rose. That'll be uh, very interesting to see um, if those two play together for you guys. Lovely. Thank you very much. Thanks again for, for some great audio from, from both of you. Uh, as I said, over, overall, very, very positive. Um, clearly on McNally, you know, the Coventry wanted him and uh, didn't really didn't want to let him go. So, um, yeah, really, really, really positive on those. Um, and that pretty much does it for those couple of sections. We're going to be looking at finally for what feels like, as I said, an eternity in some respects, uh, but yesterday and others, we're going to be looking now ahead to the weekend's game against Rotherham. So, Rotherham at home, first game of the season, and yes, your first stats pack of the 2023-24 campaign. So, head-to-head record, we have played Rotherham 44 times, we have 17 wins, 13 draws, and 14 defeats, which actually... I'd expect it to be more than that. You'd have thought we'd have a better record against Rotherham, wouldn't you? But never mind. 
because at Stoke, we've played them 23 times. We have 12 wins, three draws and eight defeats. Um, so, yes, yeah, so ahead of this match here, it's going to be 3 p.m. kickoff at the Bet365 Stadium on Saturday. Uh, last season, Stoke at home last season, it wasn't didn't make for great reading. Uh, six wins, five draws, 12 defeats in the league. Um, failed to score in 11 home games. Uh, 10 out of 12 defeats were by one goal. Eight of those 12, eight of them, 10 one goal defeats were 1 0. Oh, that's so, depressing, Dan. Yeah. So, uh, now I think that's bad. Rotherham's away record. So, last season, two wins, 11 draws, and 10 defeats. Um, and we'll come back to that away record later on in this uh, little stats pack we've got going on here. Uh, opening days. So, it doesn't get any better here. I'm sorry, Mike. But in the opening day, last 13 years, Stoke have had one victory on the opening day, four draws and eight defeats. Um, Rotherham on the opening day in the last four years, they've got three wins and a draw. So, Great. Yeah, that's not voting well, is it? Um, yeah, so anyway, Alex Neal versus Rotherham. So in his managerial career, he has two wins, four draws and five defeats against Rotherham. Um, no win in his last eight matches against them. Whilst Matt Taylor, <laughs> Matt Taylor's record as a manager versus Stoke is the one win and one draw that he got whilst in charge of Rotherham last year. So he's unbeaten in his two games. Uh, Matt, Matt Taylor versus Alex Neal, obviously, was just the two games that they played last season as well, um, which ended obviously the win for Rotherham at Stoke and the draw at Rotherham on Boxing Day. Um, yes, yeah, so I was talking about Rotherham's away for ones. I'm just going to concentrate on that to end this little section we've got. Um, so <laughs> I don't know where to begin with this because it's it's they've got that much information here. So put it this way: the only they can only win on Tuesday nights away from home. Okay, so their last away victory in the championship that wasn't on a Tuesday was the twentieth of March, twenty twenty one. That was twenty one away games ago. Twenty one wow. away games. 21 away games, not played on a Tuesday. They haven't won a single one. The ninth, the last time they were, that, that was behind closed doors because of COVID. The last time they won a championship game away from home, not on a Tuesday, with supporters there, was the 9th of April, 2016. You are joking me. <laughs> no. So they don't get so right. How about this one? They've won two away last season. Then they won nil against Stoke in October, one nil against Sheffield United in November. Both of them on Tuesday nights. <laughs> and the last, in their last three seasons at this level with fans present, they have got three away wins, 21 draws and 45 defeats. Jesus, it must be. We think it's been bad being a Stoke fan for the last few years. Yeah. That is yeah, abysmal. So I, I suppose you take out like the fact that obviously when when fans were in there and we did say home and away it was more it was levelled out, wasn't it? You know there wasn't the home advantage and everything. When supporters are there and the you know the home fans have got that bit of advantage, Rotherham seem to really struggle to get anything or any victories. Like say the last the, the last two um, two came last season. They were both on Tuesday and. Like I say, the one, the other one was um, a couple of years before that as well, a few years before that. So, yeah, in the last seven seven seasons, <laughs> three wins at championship level in three seasons. 
Um, ben, that's uh, definitely a, a Rotherham one 0 win on Saturday, don't you think? <laughs> oh yeah, it's 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 Rotherham, didn't they? I I know it was bad last season, but wasn't the last time we played them as well? Or oh, was that Barnsley? Was it Barnsley with Corley Woodrow? They annoyed us as well, didn't they? Um, just just clubs from the northeast or that sort of way. Just just do my head in. Just you know, Sheffield United will we struggle against us as well. Uh, no, no, we beat them, didn't we? Um, yeah, just just screw them all. We'll lose to Sheffield Wednesday as well. So watch this space. <laughs> Yeah, I think Rotherham was the game last year too. Monty, where was it? 29 shots. And they had one and beat us 1 0. Great. <laughs> we should, that's, the, that's the keeper we should have signed. <laughs> oh, God. No, stop. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that is my stats all over. Would you like something on the ref? Yeah. Um... Is it a new referee or have we got one of the old crap ones from last year? Um, he's newish, newish. He's only had a couple, although he's interested in one of the games he's a ref is in. So, uh, John Busby, his name is. Um, so, yeah, he's been an EFL ref since 2016. Uh, last season, 33 games, 129 yellows, four reds. So, he's ref Rotherham on two occasions. Uh, so, they had a 2 0 win at, at Ipswich in 2019 and then December last year they had a 3-0 loss away at West Brom during those games he gave them five yards and no reds he's rest Stoke on two occasions so the most recent time was February 2022 when he refed our 2-0 home loss to Luton he dished out seven yellow cards in that game one to Stoke players and six to Luton players so that was six for the away team there just a one for the home team and his other game, we may remember this match, Mike, was November 2021, a 1-0 away win for Stoke at Blackpool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. He, gave, he, he dished out five-yard cards on the night, all for Stoke. So in Stoke's two games, that he's raised, in the two games he's rest Stoke, obviously we've got a one win, one defeat, but he's, dished, he's given the home side one yellow and the away side 11 yellow cards. So, He's a home manager, a home referee, isn't he? Sounds, sounds like it, doesn't it? Go for it. Go on. Go on, John Busby. Can, can you ref us every week? Well, every other week when we're at home. <laughs> well, when you were talking about the, the the yellow cards and stuff, I thought, what you know, I just went through in my mind was, well, Pearson managed to get sent off at the back end of last season. Let's hope he doesn't get sent off at the, at the beginning of this one. And I'll take his hands No, because no, no, no reds, no sign of any reds. I'd say just a four last year. He loves a yellow, but he's not keen on getting the red one out. Well, okay. Well, if he's a, if he's a home ref, then, well, we need all the help we can get by, by the sounds of those uh, horrible charity FC stats that you've just reeled off. Hmm, okay. Yeah, um, so... Graham McGarry's back. Uh, he's uh, he's not he's not sick of us, is he? Uh, we he's, we've managed to keep him going for three seasons, and um, you know we we definitely uh, love a bit of Graham. So let's have a, a listen to what Graham's had to say as well. Hello there, you Potter's predictors. Let's hope you've summoned well. Well, this is an interesting time to make the first prediction of the season, isn't it? 
I wonder what's going to happen over the next 40 odd games or so for the Proud Potters. It's been a summer of change, both on and off the field. Managerial changes in terms of coming in with new coaches, new backroom team, and plenty of player changes now into double figures. And the big question is can Alex Neal and his staff quickly get them into winning ways? Because I believe that Stoke want to be right at the top from day one. Forget all this, we finish the season well and we might come and get the last place in the playoffs or we might get the last place in the promotion race. Let's stay at the top from day one and day one should bring three points. No matter what side Alex Neal plays, he should have a strong enough squad to take the three points from Rotherham United. Hope you enjoy your season, you Stoke City fans. Hope my predictions are not too bad either. I'm going for Stoke 2, Rotherham United nil. Lovely. Cheers very much, uh, Mr. McGarry. Uh, very good to have you back. And we're not obviously not surprised to see you go for um, a, a 2 0 Stoke win and, and clearly very happy with the transfers. So, um, yeah, I mean, Dan, you, I take it you're going to be keeping the uh, the prediction table well and truly up to date. And uh, I think Graham won last year, didn't he, if I remember rightly? So, I mean, should, we can't let that happen just again. About, just about sneaked it by about three, three correct games. <laughs> Flashes in his dust towards the end, isn't he? Got a bit of a run going. Um, but yeah, I'll, uh, we'll be keeping I'll be keeping track of it again and keeping everyone updated. Might not bore you with it for the first five or six weeks until it starts taking somewhat of a shape. No, and obviously one uh, element of that, of course, is the opposition as well. Now, uh, last season, I swear we only had, I don't know, maybe two clubs who actually predicted their own team to lose, did we? Something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and when they did, I don't think we actually beat them either occasion, I don't think. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's have a quick listen to what the Rotherham camp think. I mean, surely it's all doom and gloom over there and they don't expect to win that match. First game of the season, it was a Saturday against, against you guys. Difficult to know exactly how we're going to set up. The signs are still trickling through. We've had to be very back at Martin, those clubs. We've had to be pretty patient with the transfer window. It's not been... Very exciting until probably 10, less than 10 days ago. We started picking up some really good signings, a couple of really good, interesting loan signings. Um, pretty, pretty with the signs, though, I think we're still waiting on a few more because we're still pretty inflexible with formation. We've got like a, a one winger, I think, we, we think he's injured. Uh, so it's almost certainly going to be a 3 5 2 uh, or 3 5 1 1, something like, something like that, uh, coming in on Saturday. Um, we'll unlikely to be domin- trying to dominate possession. But at the same time, in pre-season, it has looked like we are starting to try and look after the ball a bit better than we have done in the past. Because we've, that's what have been a massive area of weaknesses, uh, trying to be clever on the ball. Um, we know we can be dangerous. We were obviously we were and we'll still be dangerous from set pieces and from crosses and from that kind of thing. We've got Jordan Hugo, who's always a big, strong local who knows how to make himself a nuisance. So that will still be a threat. But I think there is a change coming forward. Uh, Cafu was the big signing really in the summer from Forest. In pre-season he's looked a bit of a beast. Um, he's either got a red card uh, or a goal in him uh, based on pre-season. Or oh, they didn't get set off. Uh, he, he would have had a few yellows had, had they been competitive games. So he's certainly the one to look out for for us. Uh, in the first competitive game we've seen him playing. But I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to play against him, let's put it that way, for, for, more, for many, many reasons. Um, as you would have seen at your place last season, the 1 0 win, we still got Victor Johansson goal, who is arguably the best keeper in the division. We think he is the best keeper in the division. 
Um, and if we're going to have a good season, he's going to be a key player. So you, <laughs> if he's anywhere near away how good he was last season, your strikers will need to be very, very good to get anything past him. Um, it's going to be a tough game. You know, away from home, I'm, I'm very impressed with Stokes' uh, recruitment in this summer. Again, to be, probably have to be patient, similar to us, but then it's really taken off for you guys. So if if we take away a point, I would be that would be a very good start to the season. Um, so I'm going to be optimistic and probably predict as a one-one, something like that. Hopefully, a goal each. Um, but I, I don't I don't expect a classic to be honest with you. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. So uh, an over-enthusiastic 1-1 draw. You're in cloud cuckoo land, just to point that out. But uh, no, but with the gracious respects to fine, I think you'd be taking a 1-1 every day of the week. Um, not a classic. It's going to be a classic because we're going to win 7-0. So uh, I think it will be a classic. So I completely disagree with you. Um, but no, in all seriousness, thanks very much for, for providing the audio. Um, we'll catch up with you after the game to see if you're still in a, a relatively positive mood. Um, so moving on to team selections now, um, I wonder whether Alex Neal knows which team he's actually going to be choosing, Dan. I probably say he's got maybe 70 or 80% of his decisions made, but, um, Ben, I haven't actually pre warned you about this, but, uh, if I, if you're going to put your neck on the block, what's your team for Saturday? Okay. So I'm going to do this relatively off the cuff in that case. Um, Please say Travers in goal, like surely now. Gotta the, be. The, the, there's no excuse now. Um, Henry at right back. Um, Wilmot, and I imagine, is, uh, unless McNally gets up to speed very quickly, um, probably going to be Rose in at the other centre back slot. Um, I'd imagine it'd be timing as well, because we need that attacking impetus, I think, um, against Rotherham particularly. Pearson at defensive midfield uh, with Laurent and probably Daniel Johnson. Um, and then it, it's the it's the forward line that's the exciting bit, isn't it? I mean, who knows yeah. what, what, what he's going to do. Um, my guess for this one would be Campbell on the left, Chiquinho on the right, and Wesley up front. Because this seems to be the exact game, like... I wouldn't be surprised if we release Wesley after this game because I think <laughs> Neil brought him in for specifically Rotherham at home. It, it, it's the <laughs> perfect game for Wesley. You know, target man, someone to hook it up to. Um, you know, if there's any game he's going to play Wesley, it's going to be this one. Um, and then you've got, you know, like Brown, Vidigal and May on the bench and it's not a bad selection, isn't it? We've actually got a good bench pretty much the whole way through, actually. You know what? I'm. If you ask me what my team's going to be, I might as well just rewind what you just said and press play. Like genuinely, player for player, exactly the team that I have gone for. Now, bench wise, I've even got a bench for you, but don't worry about it. So we'll have Bonham on the bench. Um, I've got Onomar because I'm convinced that Onomar is going to sign uh, before the weekend. So I think he'll be on the bench uh, for us. He'll look really decent. Uh, Jacob Brown. Uh, my Rose, um, Stevens, Baker, and Vidigal uh, are on my bench. There is one more. You can have nine but... on your bench now, Mike. Yeah, I know. I was trying to think of who else it could be. Um, when I did this, I kind of expected uh, Junior to be joining us, if, if I'm honest. Um, 
Oh, who else can I chuck on the bench? A youngster. Makari. Uh, no, not Dwight Gale. We've got enough strikers on that Macari, bench. Macari, right, Phillips, Lowe. Macari. Thompson. Macari. Oh, oh, God, yeah, Thompson will have to be on there, won't he? Uh, okay, yeah, Jordan Thompson. Um, crab football at its finest. Or any uh, of four players we know without signing between now and Saturday. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, have you, is your team dramatically different, Dan? I mean, I, I know there's different combinations, but I, I think mine and, my, me and Ben are on the same wavelength there, especially with, with Wesley leading the line. Yeah, I've gone for the Wesley, Chiquino, Campbell, Pearson, Johnson, Lorraine in the middle, same as you. Hoover will not time in my defence, but I've gone for Rose. I just He's played the pre-season anti with Wilmot. I'd fully expect Luke McNally to come into the side and be the regular starting partner with Wilmot, unless we bring somebody else in as well. Um, but for this game, I think Rose will play just because him, Wilmot, have actually spent more time together. You know, you wonder how much McNally's actually going to get to train beforehand. Yeah, in the long run, McNally. But for this game, I think Rose may may keep his place for that reason. I think I said Rose fair. as well for that reason. Yeah, no, I, I didn't see it. I thought, and then obviously my name Rose on the bench. So I was like, oh, Ben must have put Rose. Oh no, sorry, that's my bad. My apologies. I, I misheard then. So yeah, actually, I had, I had McNally in my team. Um, oh, now maybe I messed some... up what I said. I don't know. I, I'll, I will take responsibility, Dan. Uh, Dan. I'll take responsibility, Ben. Um, and everyone else knows what you said and probably thinking, Mike, you clearly did not listen to what Ben was saying. Um, I promise you I was. I just definitely misheard. Uh, but yeah, I, I know you've said that, Dan, in terms of your, you know, your, your rationale for, for obviously having Rose there. I can't disagree, but I'm going to stick to my team because I've already laid my bed. I might as well lie in it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I get I get your thought process. Um, I guess as well, team predictions, uh, sorry, score predictions. I, 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 we've got to go Stoke wins. We can't we can't have anything but Stoke wins here. But Dan, I'm going to give you first refusal on score line. What are you I, going for? I've, I've already I've already inked yours. Then you said seven 0 didn't you, Mateo? I've, I've already put it in. No, it's in pen. Can't, can't You're not having that. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be so ironic uh, now if it bloody was seven 0 wouldn't it? Oh my god. I'm going to say three, three nil. Yeah, three nil. Okay, Ben, what are you going for? <sighs> One nil rather than Jordan Hugo. 89th minute. No, Ben. I said no. No predicting losses. What are you playing at? I know, I know, but I'm not going, am I? So I've got to predict a loss because. <laughs> oh, so right. you, I, I, you'd I, rather twenty thousand fans be depressed because you're not going? <laughs> yeah. Selfish. <laughs> it could be worse. You could. It could be like was it Chad Evans who scored that goal for Preston in like oh, the ninety-six minutes or something? I think I've said before. That's the. That's only the second game of me watching Stoke for the last 15 or so years. I've left early when that goal went in. I was apoplectic with rage. And I mean, that was, I mean, you say you left early. I mean, it was, was it 95th, 96th minutes that went in? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I still heard the boos and the you're not fit to wear the shirt afterwards. I don't. They've all been in the past now. The, the chairman, the manager has told us. Park all that, put it in a box, take it away. Last season doesn't exist, never happened. They also said it was a transition, one nil Rotherham. 
So surely a transition would be a, a nil-nil at the very least, though, surely, Ben. You have to nah, kind of upgrade nah, a little bit. Nah. No, 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 well, no. Yeah, I'll, you two have been following this club longer than me. You know exactly what happens next. Yeah. Well, listeners, you've seen me trying to get Ben to predict a positive <laughs> one, so wh- whatever. I'm not going to go 7-0. I think that's a bit over-optimistic. I'm going to st- go with 2-0 to Stoke. Um, my scorers, Tyrese Campbell is going to get the first, and I'm going to go, ooh, Johnson. So Campbell and Johnson to kick us off, I think. So... Um, We'd normally talk about the Super 6 and, and Gaffer uh, at this particular point, but obviously nothing's really happened um, on those fronts as such. But, Dan, I guess you're – actually, no, forget Dan. Uh, ben, have you decided to have a Gaffer team this season? I will do, as long as I remember to build one tomorrow, because I haven't yet. Um, I did play Gaffer last season. I didn't do Super 6 just because – I'm more like Dan and I forget to do Super 6 but but Gaffer I like to keep on top of and I think I came 7th or 8th in your league last year I think I did quite well so um, yeah so I'd I'd, I'd like to think I'll have another go trouble is last year I had a Hillerman and Dai from the start and that did me really well I don't think I'll pull such a blinder this year well, I'd say, I mean, Dan was pretty good at it, I think, I think last year. I think um, I didn't use the bonuses anywhere near as I should, so I, I can't, must admit, I kind of lost interest partway through. Um, but Dan, I believe you submitted your team, haven't you? You say a few pods back? I have. I um, after obviously we spoke to Kyle, didn't we? And he gave me some some pointers on which Stoke players to go for, because I had to get some in there. So I took his lead, and and I've I've gone with who he said. So Hoover and uh, Hoover, Loren and Campbell are all in my side. Uh, but I had to do one because until I in, I needed to do a team and submit it to, to for the league to uh, start up. <laughs> oh, <right>. um, <laughs> yeah. So so yeah so I we I think we'll be badgering everybody with the with the code and the league code and that for Gaffer. Make sure you get yourself signed up um, before the season starts. So yeah, and we we had a good we had a good fun with it last year. We had quite a few people in there. I think there was nearly hundred people around that if I remember. So yeah, it might be even yep. more this time round. We're saying yep. that I know that we play three p.m. on Saturday, but the first game of the championship season is eight p.m. Friday night. So yes. anyone who does want to play, better get your team in on Friday. Probably, what, is it hour and a half before kickoff? Yeah, so, so this half, podcast will come six. out. Yeah, so this podcast will at 6am. You've probably got 12 hours from when it's released. So whenever you listen to it, let's hope it's early. <laughs> if, if, got, this is, if this is the... You've got the, 11 uh, hours now. You've listened this far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and on the Super 6 front, that one's back again. We have 119 people in there last time I checked. Um, the pin, if you want it, is XY7H8T. Uh, you've obviously got a bit more time for that one until the Premier League season comes back, but not much. So uh, make sure you get in there. Again, it's the only hope I've got of actually succeeding this year on a an extra type of feature, if you like, So I'm not doing the gaffer. I'm absolutely shocking at it. Um, and before we tie up, Dan has a quiz, which... I've been informed as a as a new structure, whatever the hell that means. So, Dan, do you want to fill us in exactly what you mean by a new structure? So, there's going to be two new quizzes this year. So, I'm not just going with the ask you ten questions, see how many you get right. They're going to be sort of like challenges kind of thing. Um, 
and Ben will know because Ben's been on the podcast that I have definitely not taken this from and and moulded it slightly into uh, a Stoke version of the quiz. So this is called the Six Towns Challenge. So I'm going to give you a question and you've got to give me the top six answers. So uh, the question for this week mm. is... So yeah, Ben just Ben just knows where I've had the inspiration for this quiz from. Have you stolen <laughs> it off from Ben's podcast? No, not from Ben's no, podcast. No, no, no. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, so yeah, so, I, so the question this week is, since we returned to the championship in 2018, which players have been have played in the most league games for Stoke in that time? So you've got to give me the top six. Now... I will give you three lives between you. Usually, I think we were, um, if there's three people playing, you got one life each. If you get it wrong, you get knocked out. So, yeah, I'll give you, actually, no, yeah, to be fair, I'll give you two lives, two wrong answers each. If you give two wrong answers, then you're out the game and the other person has to carry on. If you name all six and you're still playing, then you win. If you both get two wrong and you're out, then you've not conquered the six towns challenge. So, which six so, players have played the most league games for Stoke since we returned to the Championship in 2018? Oh, for God's sake. I hate these things. Um, I'll start with you, Mike. Give me a name. Since we returned. Um, Joe Allen. Joe Allen is top of the list, 140 of the... So we played 230 league games since we come back, since we re-entered this division. He's played in 140 of them, which is more than anybody else. <laughs> oh, do I have back. to give you all six now? Oh, sorry. No, no, you, so now it's Ben's go. Uh, what's funny? I think I've seen this list on the Sentinel. Oh, oh no. trouble it's... is... I don't remember any of the players on the... Oh, right, okay. I can only remember the bottom ones. <laughs> That's no good. Can you do the bottom ones instead, Dan? Because <laughs> I know Nicky Mayampa didn't play a single game. Um, <laughs> oh, hell. Um, Sam Klukas. Sam Klukas is second on this list with 131. Do you know, Ben, I had to go and go and get all the stats up and go through each of the five... Um, five seasons and I like add them up for each player to do this so if I'd have seen oh, that what list, a waste I'd, of time I know if I'd have known this list existed on the Sentinel I could have just gone there and gone just copied it off there <laughs> 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 um, right so you've got the top two you've got four more to go you've still got four lives two lives each Mike your go okay um, I mean Jacob's no I'm going to go Tyrese Campbell he's been here for a while he must be on the list surely Tyrese Campbell, fourth yeah. on the list with 119 appearances. Okay. So that's three out of three so far. So you've got third, fifth, and sixth yet to get. I'll take that. How many appearances was fourth? I just want to gauge where we're at. 119. Oh. Bloody hell. Um... Screw it. Butland. Jack Butland. 80 championship appearances for Stoke. He was not. He was uh, 12th. Oh. 
So that's one life gone for Ben. Back to you, Mike. Well, it won't be Nick Powell, let's be honest. <laughs> the guy barely played. Um... Oh. I'm trying to think defenders here, because defenders aren't in at a team so much. I mean, you know what? Morgan Fox. Maybe Morgan Fox. You're going Morgan Fox? Yeah. Morgan Fox was 17th on this list with 70 oh. games. Wow, 17 okay. Games. So you've got one life oh. left each. See, I'm trying to think outside the box a little bit because it's not going to be anyone that signed relatively recently. It's not going to be anyone that's been like injured for a long time. So someone who signed in that first window and was never injured was James McLean. You going with James McLean? Mm. Decent shout, that is. Yeah. James McLean, 102 games, sixth on the list. He just insane. Well done. Incidentally, seventh. There's two players tied in seventh on 101, one game behind him. Who was seventh? Uh, I can't tell you that because you. Oh, made I was hoping you tell us. Good try, Ben. You, you did your best there, mate. Well done. So now you know that the two players you got left have both got over a hundred and two, and one of them got over a hundred and nineteen because you're after the third and fifth. Oh. Can't be James Chester, can it? Even him of all people. Uh, no, we know in the can't be anywhere near that. Um, oh, I'm struggling here. I'm really struggling. Um, oh, I really don't know. Uh, oh, whatever. I can't think of anybody else. Um, Danny Bart. I don't think he's anywhere near, to be honest, but Danny Bart. Danny Bart, 99 championship appearances. Oh, really? He oh, was in ninth place. So it's down to you, Ben, the last survivor. Third Can and fifth. Tell me who we've had already. <laughs> so we have had Joe Allen, Sam Clucas, Tyrese Campbell, James McLean. Incorrect answers were Danny Bart, Jack Butland, Morgan Fox. Ah, well, Rowett loved him, didn't he? Tomments. Tomments? 94 games for Tomments. No! Mike, you said said both these people. Oh, I didn't. (laughs) Jacob Brown, 124. I was going to say Brown. Yeah, Jacob Brown, 124 and third. And in fifth place, Nick Powell with 111. Oh, Oh, my God, Mike. I thought he's been injured half, half of his life. I'm, I'm surprised. He yeah, but we've had him since 2019, haven't we? He's only played six games. <laughs> but yeah, they, they were the six. And then the ones who just missed out, Josh Tymon and Jordan Thompson both had 101. So they were the ones oh, who were one blimey. game behind. Uh, you said Danny Bart. Tommy Smith, 97. Um, you said Tom Inns, 94. You said Jack Butland. And then it's Sam Vokes, Ben Wilmot, Stephen Fletcher, Bruno Martins, Indy. Um, they were the ones above 70. Martin's Indy. We wasted him at left back, didn't we? 
Yeah, I was amazed he played 72 games in this league for us. <laughs> I was like, when did that happen? They were all at left back, that's why. They were yeah. forgettable. But yes. Um, yeah, at least we haven't got 78, 78 Sandvokes appearances. No more, though, thank God. But yes, the, you have not been able to conquer the Six Towns Challenge this week. I'm sweating. Don't worry. We'll, we'll we'll do it next week. We'll do it next week. I mean, oh, that's if you going like, on. Do you like this new format, Mark? Is it, is it better than? Yeah, that? I like it. I, I yeah, I do. Um, until you start asking me about you know top appearances in 1934 and all that nonsense, but yeah, for now I like it. See what I can have to make find some uh, different subject every week. Yeah. Cool. Most all right. Popular lovely. oatcake filling. Oh yeah, bacon, sausage, and cheese. In that order, which were recorded by the club as the highest selling oatcake fillings after <laughs> against Rotherham. Last last time in King, what the numbers were. Um, all right, sound well. Um, yeah, Luke, Ben, really appreciate you joining us uh, tonight. Much appreciated as as always. Whenever you're on this podcast, you're always welcome. You just need to ask. Or we just need to demand that you attend. I'm not quite sure which one comes first, but either way, really good to have you on. Um, let's hope that you know we win loads of games while you're away, and then you're never allowed to return, and you know until we lose. Um, yeah, I think Dan, Luke, again, I've said it a couple of times, but I think you've been amazing this week. I hope everybody appreciates just how much time you put into the podcasts, you know, gathering the audio, etc. Um, and you know. Let's look forward to, you know, three more points on Rotherham. Let's make sure we start off the season really positively. Um, and then we can come back next week and obviously be talking about uh, the uh, the next match, which I believe is West Brom and the Cup, if I remember rightly. Um, so that'll be next on the um, horizon. But, um, yeah, I guess one thing uh, just leaves me to say, if there isn't any transfers, then we may do a Twitter spaces. We'll soon see. Um, but it's been a, an absolute pleasure, boys. We're back. Football's back. It's back. Oh, Lovely. God, please, uh, not again. <laughs> <laughs> Good to see the positivity. Cheers, boys. See you later on. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.